All the music used in this episode fall under fair use under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, and reporting. Thank you. I just had a thought and I was like, what if I get nervous and I lose my voice? <laughs> it's never happened to me before, but like, it could. So thank you. Hello from the editing booth. Um, I realized in my excitement of, you know, my first filming of this episode, the first episode, I really never introduced who I am or um, what this is. Um, there's going to be a episode zero that should be out by now. Um, if you want to just learn a little bit more about me, you can listen to that um, before this. But my name is Kylie. I'm your ghost. Your- I almost said I'm your ghost. I could be your ghost. Um, but no, my name is Kylie and I'm going to be your host, your guide, whatever the hell you want to call me for this little journey that we're going on called, um, my records and me where basically I'm bringing on people in my life who I care deeply about and a lot about and talking about, um, music and how music connects us and how every album tells a story, but I think uh, a cooler story, a cooler perspective to tell is the one that, you know, it lives in our lives and how music connects us and brings us back, you know, to, to so many places or, you know, it just makes us feel good. Sounds good, feels good. Um, so that's what the hell this is. Um, and I hope you'll, you know, stay with me on this little journey. Um, just a little side note too. Some of the audio is a little, you know, wonky at times. It's a learning process. So I appreciate the, you know, the forgiveness, hopefully. Um, and yeah, follow us on Instagram at My Records and Me. Um, I think there'll be a TikTok. I think there'll be more. But yeah, can't wait to see ya, hear from you. I don't know. Enjoy the show. We're here talking about Strange Desire by Bleachers, Bleachers' first album. Today I have Miss Jess on. Je- Jess, do you want to be referred to Jess or as Jessica? Jess is fine. Jessica's too formal for this. Jessica is your alter ego, the one I do not know. She's the professional one. She's not here. Professional. When did I meet you? I met Jess my freshman year of college. So that was fall freshman year. So that was what? Fall 2017. Yes. So I've known you for, oh my God, have I known you for four years? Yeah, technically. It's odd. It's a long time. I feel like I've known you forever. But you um, have. That's you true. just didn't know it yet. That's true. Does you have anything to say to the people? Who's no one, maybe? Who's maybe just I'm Sam? If Sam will listen. I'm excited. I'm ready to get vulnerable. I'm ready to get into it. Let's do it. So Bleachers was officially announced as a solo project of the then guitarist of the band and songwriter of the band Fun, Jack Antonoff, in February 2014. The first single, I Want to Get Better, was released February 18th, uh, peaking at number one on the Billboard alternative song charts. What I know of Jack Antonoff now, it's just very funny that like he's like, yeah, I'm releasing this whole solo project, this whole album. I'm going to tell you maybe a couple days before I drop the one of the, the biggest band single. Um, Antonov stated in uh, June 2014 that the project had been kind of in consideration for around 10 years 
and the name was inspired by a disconnected darker side of suburban youth in John Hughes movies. And the debut album released through RCA Records dropped on July 10th, 2014. Um, I think this is the biggest commercial success Bleachers has had with this album, Gone Now, Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night. I don't think I've had as commercial success as this album. They also haven't been tattooed on your body. So also, yeah, that's a, these. I actually have thought about getting a gone now mm. tattoo, but maybe that'll be the gone now. Maybe we'll do a gone now episode and talk about that. But they would probably take off then. Yeah. They've only taken off once they've been tattooed on my body. That's what I'm yes. saying. On my, so when I was 19, I had to change desire on my body. First tattoo. Okay. When did you first hear this album, Jess? Um, so I had heard, I think, a few songs here and there, but the first time I actually listened to it straight through was in the car with you because you were going to visit a friend in Boston and you were like, I want to go on a Friday night. I want to be there at like 5 p.m. And I was like, I'm not doing anything on Friday. I'll drive you, which was brilliant for me to drive from Connecticut to Boston Friday at 5. Um, but we listened to the whole album start to finish on the way into the city and you told me like what each song meant to you and it inspired just like a lot of conversation about it and that was also like a very significant time in my life that fall 2019 um a lot of change was happening in my life that that is very correct <laughs> so it was like very applicable where I was in that like a very like coming of age type moment for myself. So it like touched me a lot and I've come back to it a lot since then. I didn't, I honestly have not thought about, but like Mm -hmm. that, that was a very crucial time. I think for both of us in a lot of different ways was that fall 2019. And obviously we did not know what was coming and, you know, 2020 in the next year, but you know, those like three months, that semester, it was so crucial to, I think, like, at least the last two years. Oh, yeah. Well, also, like, it was just, like, this huge transition that you were part of. So I think, like, listening to the album with you really just, like, signifies that part of my life and that transition that I went through that year. So I can tell you the exact date when I first heard this album, but it was probably around the time of, like, my fall sophomore year of high school, so, like, 2014, and the whole kind of reason why I got even into bleachers and into like some of like this like music in 2013, 2014, like Arctic Monkeys, 21 Pilots, the 1975, like all these like bands that were really like up and coming and like those, like these Tumblr bands, quote unquote, that were like up and coming in that time was there were these two girls and one of them I will have on because I we've been talking about it this girl Nicole and this girl Carly and they were like really close and like I had known Nicole because of like we were in church youth group together but like we never like had a bonding moment and then Carly I knew my freshman year of high school because we were doing um, theater together and they were Nicole was really into bleachers and she introduced me to this album and Nicole and Carly were like probably some of like my first like real friends in high school and like a real friend I'm like okay I'm kind of like solidifying like who I am and like these are people who like really enjoy me and like who I am as a person so Nicole shout out to her don't know where she I think she's in New Jersey shout out to New Jersey so 
what does album like we kind of went into it a little bit but what does this like album as a whole mean to you um I think I mean obviously similar to you like so you were listening to it at like this period of your life where you were seeing your personality change and your identity change and I think that's similar for me and I think it's kind of it kind of signifies the grief of change and like the like it kind of brings you through the whole experience of like loving someone having a heartbreak grieving it and still being happy with what you experienced and I think that that is what this album means to me and it's some that's something I experienced in college and that you were by my side with but I think that you can return to that with any experience of like coming of age and grief and change and it's still applicable I, you know, I completely agree. Like, I feel like I view this album and I've really been thinking about it since like I was talking to you about having you on and this being the first episode, the first album. I really view it from a lot of points in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I really do view it from like four, like 15 to 17 where it really was like the soundtrack of like my teen years, my youth. It's like ingrained in how I grew up in those years and the people around me and like, who helped me become the person I am today, obviously. And I view it now at 22, experiencing some of the kind of feelings that have that are said in this album, which I really had not like, really experienced, like 15 to 17. And I think I really see it in the opening of You're Still a Mystery, where it's, you know, the first couple lines are, I thought I wanted to forget my past. I tried to leave the pieces of a broken man. What it costs, I ain't ever getting back. So I'm breaking mm-hmm. the lines because I want to remember. Man, I was feeling like I never was young. I followed a dream and a strange desire. And it's like, it's like this ever, this almost like the ever living embodiment of me at 16. And like once you're like 18, you leave your hometown. And for the first time, usually. Ideally. Yeah, ideally, you you go to college, you, you know, you do whatever. Um, And you're kind of like, fuck my hometown at 18. Or at least, like, that's how I felt at Mm -hmm. 18 when I first left. Because I was like, fuck my hometown. I really, at some points, like, especially my first year of college and, like, 18, I really did want to, like, forget my past. And, like, really just, like, forget it, start fresh, start new. Mm -hmm. But I think you got to remember, it's like, the past like made me who I am you know no matter good or matter bad like this is how I grew up and like when I think of this album when I listen to this album it's like that vulnerable side of my past where it's like I like gotta be careful who I'm sharing it with like that's like that's how like I feel so ingrained in this album Mm -hmm. um when I like share this album now with the people in my life who didn't know me growing up it's like I'm sharing that with people and you were honestly one of the first people I shared that album with that like obviously did not know me who I was growing up Mm. and that's also like why I wanted you on because that really meant a lot to me because I really did feel like sharing like this very vulnerable side of me but like obviously you knew but like this album just embodies that yes and I keep I kept thinking about it not to interrupt but I kept thinking when we, I was listening to this album a few times to prepare for this about like, we had a few like wigs nights where we would like basically just hang out and share our trauma, you know, over a little wine and, <laughs> and wigs. Like, we wore wigs and that made it more fun to share our trauma. And I feel like this is so similar. Like, this is such a great parallel to that because it was like oh, yeah. a vulnerable moment 
it's like we're sharing these like deep seated parts of ourselves that we didn't know about each other but also like we're having a great time and yeah. like we're wearing wigs and I feel like there's a great parallel there exactly and like when I listen to this now and when I've shared that new music it's like I'm creating new memories and obviously I'm still remembering remembering a lot of you know not like the bad stuff because I don't want to say it was bad but like you know the not so great stuff the stuff stuff but I think it's yeah. really cool and I think the really cool thing about music and the theme that it's going to be, I think, throughout, you know, any of these stories I tell or episodes or whatever is like, it's ever changing and it's ever evolving. And I'm keeping, I keep creating new memories to these songs like every day. Yeah. And I think the power of an album like this is that it lets you think about those things that weren't so great. And it lets you hold like the pain of that and the grief of that. And it lets you hold like the acceptance and the love that you still had through that and the joy that came out of it at the end. So like you can have both of those things and they can both be completely valid. Totally. totally. That's why I just, yeah, I just love this album so much. It's great. Album. Me too now. So glad you introduced me to it. So glad I introduced you to it too. Now we can do this. And here we are. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's Down start. Business. Top to bottom. Wild Heart first song of the album hmm. um starts with this great voice recording that we kind of hear throughout the album saying i really want to be grateful i really want to be grateful um and it also even carries into gone now which again we're not talking about gone now the second album but it does carry on into that second album and it's a constant theme throughout leaders music and i think it's like i think it's like that thing like i was saying it's like recognizing your past and like being like okay my past mm. But I, I'm going to be grateful for it because it did, it, it led me to this point in my life. It might lead to a personal experience, a moment. I think adding that voice recording is really cool. And it's like that slow buildup. I think it's a really like cool start to this song. Yeah. And it allows the whole thing to come full circle when like that comes around background at the end too. Because it just ties it together as one full story. And like, this is the experience that I had. And like, this is about to be like a painful experience, but I'm really grateful for it regardless. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, that's this whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really, I think this is such a brilliant first draft because it's like, I'm looking back at the mistakes. I'm looking back at the regrets. I'm like looking back at that youth. But it's like, I'm looking back at my youth where it's like that moment where, like your youth is supposed to be like when you're like most alive, but then like looking back at your youth and like not a positive, I think, viewpoint. Um, I think Wild Heart's very conflicting mm-hmm. in how Jack feels like looking back. It also feels like very desperate to me. Like mm-hmm. it reminds me of the desperation that can come when you're really young and like you don't have oh, yes. maybe as much like, I don't know what the right word is, but you're kind of naive, right? And you're like, I will do anything. I feel like I need to do anything and everything to fix this, to make this okay, this relationship, this friendship, this whatever. And it feels very desperate when you know that you're losing something and you're going to do absolutely anything and everything to hold on to it, even when it's not right for you. And I think that's a great way of starting a story about 
like losing someone, right? Completely. And I think there's a lot of like visuals that Jack puts in. Like he mm-hmm. talks about the Garden State Parkway being closed. He talks about his boarded up windows, the doors to his house. Like he's, I think he's like always talking in this song. And I think again, throughout his music, like these physical manifestations of himself. Mm-hmm. Like he sees himself in the Garden State Parkway. He's from New Jersey, you know, whatever. He sees himself in his house. He's written so much music in his house, his home, like his, his, the house he grew up in. And like, it's always this like physical manifestation, I feel like, of like things that like are him. Like he sees himself in them. And um, I just, oh, he's such a, I just think he's such a brilliant, you know, like songwriter. And I just think there's a lot of parallels in them of like what he sees himself physically in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the standout kind of line in this, in lyrics in this is like, well, everything has changed and now I can't tell what matters. I will find any way to your wild heart. And like, I think it could be a lot, this is like in a lot of ways can be viewed. I think for me, one of the things that it brings up is not just like romantic relationships, but I believe, as you know, that we have a lot of soulmates that we come across in life and that we meet and that we're meant to connect with and come across in some ways. And I think about that, about you and I, about our relationship. And I think that there have definitely been moments where we have like fallen apart a little bit. And I thought that I was losing you and like the grief of that type of change too. And luckily, obviously we're back, but like the fear of change that comes with a relationship, that's that, that you feel that strongly about. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. And, and again, we end this song with recording. It's kind of muffled. And I really feel like the way that it's muffled, it's like, okay, it's not the end of the story. Like, we're going to get to it. Mm-hmm. We'll come back. And then we hit this fucking stellar of a song, Roller Coaster. <laughs> So good. The build-up to the song, the gar- guitar and the piano, and then the drums, it's like, what the fuck? It's like, this is such... I was listening to this, this whole album all the way through when I was driving home from work today, <clears throat> and I started crying to this song. because I was like, this is just such a good song. Um, the song instantly brings me to summer. Um, literally, those first lines, it's, you know, it was summer when I saw your face. What is your gut reaction when you hear this song? What, like, what, like, where does it bring you? Where does it take you, Jeff? It's like, that's just the excitement and like chaos and excitement and like just everything's obviously everything's a roller coaster, but everything's really crazy and you're just really excited for what's happening. And the line that sticks out to me is that it's a hundred miles an hour on a dirt road running away. And I feel like there have been like we even have had a lot of experiences where we have been running away at hundred miles an hour to like do something fun, do something ridiculous and just like not having any stress in the world and just being really excited for whatever the world is bringing. Yeah. And that's what this song makes me feel like. Yeah. This song, you know, if I want to get better, wasn't the first single, this should have been it. And I think it Absolutely. actually was their second single, but if, you know, this would have probably been like the perfect first single, but mm-hmm. to me, it's the perfect driving song. Which reminds me of growing up, windows down, and this is a really good song. Amazing to see it live, um, and it's like one of those songs where it's like, 
you know, I thought the lyrics were great and all, and I loved it. But I think when you're then in like an experience of like a roller coaster relationship, like, you know, it can be friendship wise, could be romantic, sexual, whatever. It's like, whoa, this is real. Like, I'm like, I've lived this experience mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you don't say no, I don't say no. And we're just like off, up and down, up and down. But that's exciting. Like that's, yeah. and that's also like a youth thing to me. Like young, dumb, naive as could be. And just like, just running into something a thousand miles an hour without thinking about the consequences or worrying about anything. And just like going in it for the pleasure and the happiness that it brings you. shadow which is oh my god a theme with jack antonoff and especially this album are the bridges i love the bridges to his songs and i love the bridge to this song specifically and these are like the standout kind of lyrics to me it's like i know that they have hurt you and i know the love you gave feels cheap and used i know it's getting harder and i know the lights have all gone dark on you Still, I will love your shadow when the love you gave feels cheap and used. Yes, I will love your shadow when the lights have all gone dark on you. How love dies is a place that I'm not going. Yeah, what do you even say? <laughs> like, when I first listened to this album at 15 or whatever, this is, like, I just wanted someone in my life to say this to me. Yeah. Like, point blank period. I just wanted someone to be like, you know what? I don't care. Like, like who you are, where you're at, high point, low point. I'll love you. Like, I will love your shadow. Like, I will, like, even when you're at your smallest, I will love the smaller thing. Mm-hmm. I will love your shadow. Yeah. Regardless of like what's happening, I can also sit there with you and just like mm-hmm. be there and coexist and sit in your pain with you. And I think that those types of relationships that you have with people when they come across your life, they're just the most valuable things of just having someone who you're really comfortable sharing that type of pain and smallness with and knowing that there are people that you can call at any time of the day that will be there for you. Completely. And another kind of like standout line that, that is in, and I was, again, thinking about this when I was in my car today, uh, but the heart wants fear, so we're looking for a villain. I, I was looking at this, I was thinking about this, and I was like, hmm, hmm. I could definitely relate to this. I feel like, I feel like, again, it's just me personally. This is just me and my, part of my history. Where are the situations, <laughs> romantically, sexually, whatever? They've most been, like, a lot of them have been, not like, I'm not, when I say driven by fear, I don't mean, like, fear of, like, I'm going to be hurt, like, physically. It's, like, the fear of, it's, like, I don't know what I'm going to, like, mm. I don't know how I'm going to be feeling emotionally. And I'm kind of, like, scared of, like, I don't know where this is going. But, like, kind of exciting. Um, and mm-hmm. I, obviously, I don't think that's what the song is. I don't think what that's what those lyrics mean when it was written. That's what they mean to like, you. The heart wants veers. Yeah, the heart wants fear, so we're looking for a villain. I'm always looking for a villain. That's so interesting, because that makes so much sense to me for you. I'm always looking for the villain. And I never perceived the lyrics in this song to be that, which is so interesting. I've never thought about it till today huh. in my car when I was driving home. But it's like, it's like one of those things where I'm like, it's like, um, like you, for example, like you in my life. So, you know, after I'm done with the villain. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there with wigs. You'll, she'll be there with wigs. We'll have a little mm-hmm. wine. And, you know, and there was a point 
in our friendship where a villain almost ruined our, our friendship. I forgot about that until right now. I, I think that this was like really one of the only times where Jess and I like did not talk on purpose. Yeah. For a few weeks. It was rough. Yeah. But but here we are. And like looking back on it, like so silly. <laughs> like it's very silly. Very silly. And I think part of what makes this this album cool is it allows you to reminisce and be like, yeah, like life was bad, but it wasn't that bad. At the end of the day, I think this song, oh God, Jess is such a good song to hear live. And I hope you hear it live one day. Even when people hurt you, you know, there will always be those who love you entirely. And those people are going to tell you it's going to be all right. They're going to love you at your your lowest low and even lower than that. And I think, you know, when you have those people in your life, like to me, it's like, what else do I need in my mind? Also, even when we hurt each other, we were still there. You know, like we still came back to it and we still like, we still, when the lights went down, we still stood next to each other and we still figured it out and like stronger because of it. And I think that's also part of this conversation too. Shadow leads into, I think probably one of the best fucking songs ever. I want to get better. Which is a classic, amazing lyrics, pump, mm-hmm. perfect pump up song. When I hear this song, I always think of you, me, and Walter. We were driving to Vermont. Stop. And it was my sophomore year of college. Yeah. I couldn't tell you where the hell we were. Lost. Maybe, maybe mentally. Um, we're on some highway in Massachusetts. It might have been Worcester. Worcester. You're Mass- you're from Massachusetts now. Is it Worcester? Worcester. Worcester. We were in Worcester. Worcester. And we blast the song, windows down. You were speeding. Always. And then just the sun like was going down. It was like mm. perfect time to listen to the song. And I always think about that when I listen to the song. Oh, I love that. That was a great time. Honestly, the, all the great times that we had in you, me, and Walter remind and you and me in general remind me of this album it just fits so well so well but this song to me me first of all it was the first song that I heard because obviously I didn't know the whole album I just knew like the most popular song off of it beforehand but like just the it reminds me so much of that moment where Mm -hmm. you realize that you have to make a shift and for me that was my 21st birthday and oh yeah like (laughs) Yeah, on the dot, and not just for not just about ending one that relationship that I was in. Um, For the people listening, I broke up with a partner of three and a half years on my twenty first birthday because I had a moment of realization. But what it's really about is about me deciding to be happy and refusing to repeat intergenerational patterns that I had seen in my family, and that like go back for generations of women making a certain type of decision about their partner and me realizing that even though that was what I knew and that's what I saw my mom had done I didn't want that for myself Mm -hmm. and I had that moment of realization I was like oh shit like I need to fix something and that was the start of this just gigantic shift 
in my life that has led me not only relationship and romantic wise, but also just to who I am as a person. So I think like, I, I feel like you're, I feel like I say this about myself and I will say this about you. You're completely the same, but totally different from when I first met you. Mm-hmm. Like obviously you're completely the same person. But also I'm not at all. <laughs> but also you're completely different. And I think now, at least obviously I don't see you every day and we don't talk every day because obviously you're in Boston. Talk, oh, we, we talk pretty close to every day. We yeah, text know, very often. <laughs> We okay. I'm I'm just trying to say that we just aren't close because we are very close. But obviously, it's a lot different than when I saw you Physically. every single day. Absolutely, when we were working together every day to now sending a few texts together every day. It's totally different. I'm seeing you yeah. a couple times a year. Um, but you truly, I I feel, have been on this journey, and like I I I feel like shift is not even the right word. I feel like it's a journey. It's like it was a shift, yeah, it was a shift, but like especially the last January 2019, since then, so oh yeah. god, two years, um, almost two years, like just this insane mm-hmm. journey of like self improvement. Like you were all about self love before, but it's like, but now it's a different level, yeah. and I agree. It's like that song where it's like, it's like you're just seeing like everything, you're like, I need to like. He did his was like, I need to pull myself up by my bootstraps and like, yeah, something's like, broken. Better. Like something needs to be fixed. And like, you need that moment of being like, oh shit, is this where my life is heading? This is not what I want my life to be. And then that sets the stage for the rest of the album, which just like comes from that moment of Amazing. that, like rock bottom realization of there is something wrong. And if I want to be like a happy person, I need to change everything completely. And like, I felt like, you know, 15, 16, when I first heard this album, like the same way. It's like, I just need to like, I felt, I just felt like so many different ways about like who I was as a person. And I read this like great thing the other day, like loving yourself isn't enough. You need to love being yourself. And I feel like when I was 15, 16 is when I really started on that journey of like loving being myself completely authentically mm. who I am at all times. It's like loving what I am and who I am. Yeah. I think I'm a few years, but be- I'm a few years behind you on that. Cause I don't think I was loving who I, who I was at 15. Oh yeah. It wasn't like well, how I, I think am. it took me a long time. Yeah. I think I, I think I'm kind of unique in that because it's yeah. like, I just felt like so alone at that age for mm. so many reasons. Like, I feel like I had no good friends. And obviously that's like when Nicole and Carly came in my life, I really felt like yeah. I started to get like build like real security of like people I trust. Like when I, like when we talk about Shadow or these other songs, like people I knew who would have my back no matter what, where it's like for a very, my life, I never really mm-hmm. felt like that. But I felt like, okay, these people really love like my crazy brain, like love myself, like love me for some yeah. reason that I don't understand. <laughs> so it's like, let me try to understand that. Yes. Okay. Because that's so real. And I feel like a lot of times, obviously the goal is like self-love comes entirely from mm-hmm. you and from you on the inside, okay. but 
there's like what you just said about like that, that coming from someone else and from seeing someone else love you completely helped you to do that. Like you need that. That's you need that. It's validation. It's it is. And I felt like I didn't obviously I I had it in like, you know, I had it in pieces for my family, but I didn't have it in the ways I completely needed it. Yeah. It's different coming from a peer group. It's completely different. Completely. And I felt like even in the few months of when I knew these people, Nicole and Carly, I felt like I was just completely, I was like, I just feel like I was okay. Like, obviously yeah. I felt like the certain, like obvious emotions of like when I was 15, 16, which is like being lost in of general life. <laughs> and just like not yeah. understanding growing up and blah, blah, blah. But like, I felt like secure in that group that I was like, these are my people. And I, I feel like you just said, it's like, I needed someone to recognize that, that like, I'm cool. Like I'm like funny that I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. To, like love those parts of myself. Because I feel like also with this song and like, also I've realized like, I'm like either some, one of the quietest people. I'm both the quietest person and the loudest person at the same time quietest <laughs> I've never met her a large part of me like when I get quiet and I still get like this now because it's just general anxiety general like putting up your guard mm-hmm. of like when I'm quiet it's like reminding me of like kind of like those past days where I didn't really embrace myself where yeah. I wasn't comfortable where I wasn't comfortable being entirely me yeah so I kind of like shut down and just like be quiet like that's like what I knew that's like my I think that's like my defense defense mechanism is I'm just I just be quiet yeah so this song um I didn't actually realize this I actually was doing some research tonight when I had to finish my notes because I wasn't done yet <laughs> um I did not know this about Jack Antonoff so when Jack Antonoff was 17 9-11 happened it's just mm. so obviously really impactful Right. I'm in a adolescence, awful thing. 2002, his 13-year-old sister passed away of cancer. And then in 2003, his cousin died in the Iraq war. Oh my goodness. And, and then I looked, I was looking at the lyrics. There's this lyric that goes, and I've trained my, myself to give up on the past because I froze in time between hearses and caskets. And I really never understood that line until I looked it up like yeah. today and I'm like like this is one of those songs I feel like um like a river runs is like that where it's like this is such a if you actually like look at the lyrics really sad but yeah. I'm dancing my ass off to this song and I'm screaming the lyrics but that's the power of it because it's so sad <laughs> but you can like scream it and enjoy it and love it and like that's what's so brilliant about the way that those this are my favorite songs because you can yell sad shit and like have a good time doing it. Completely. What else do you ask like, for? I feel like that's very much our relationship. Absolutely, it is. Literally, again, parallel to the wigs, yelling sad stuff, but having a lot of fun doing it. But looking like, like, yeah, just looking crazy. Looking insane um, the whole time. The other standout uh, lyric to me, and then we'll move on, um, was I go up to my room and there's girls on the ceiling, cut out their cut out their pictures and I chased that feeling of an 18 year old who didn't know what loss was and now I'm a stranger Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I experienced a big loss when I was like 16, 17 in the Mm -hmm. form of a really unhealthy and violent relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, like I, being 18, I didn't have that feeling of like not knowing what loss was. Yeah. And so I think it, it's taken me until getting older. And like, we've been talking about having relationships with people who love you for who you are and being able to love yourself then. And that's been part of this. That's been a huge part of this journey is being able to like process that grief and that pain as well. And this album and what you just said, like that lyric that you just said reminds me of that a lot. Great song. And I think this song is a true like turning point where it's like, yeah, "Yeah, I want to get better. And that really does follow the rest of the songs because next we have Wake Me. Mm-hmm. which oh this song is perhaps my like i love a lot of these songs on this album but this song is so good really this is one I of your really, favorites this is one of my like huh. i have a favorite songs like a handful of favorite songs on this album i have songs that i'm like i could skip i could skip this song all the songs we've talked about are not those songs these are like believe me i'll tell you the ones that i uh, that i skip i'll tell you the skips interesting because i do be in a certain mood for them mm. Wake Me, always listen to. For the longest time, also, I thought the lyrics were, if you love me, love me, wake me, which they are not the lyrics. They're not. If you're lonely. They're, they're, if you're lonely, lonely, mm. wake me. Which also gave me a completely different look on this Very song. different vibe, those two. Very words. different vibes. Um, the standout lyric for me in this song is, and I'd rather be sad with you than anywhere away from you. Absolutely. That's the one I have written down too. I mean, okay. To be honest, this song has does not have as much meaning for me as it does for you. This okay. song I have the least written for. I, I end the Zoom. Which is literally she hangs up on me now and deletes this. But I do think it's like the it cut very appropriate coming after the moment of realizing that you need to change. Completely. And Completely. like okay, now I'm sad. And now I'm experiencing this like complete turmoil. And again okay that huge party that I had right after my 21st birthday that was a complete mess absolute mess I was passed on the couch at maybe 9 30 p.m yeah like I think you were home by 9 30 I think I was in bed at 10 or something yeah I didn't even also I was in the bathroom I had no idea any of this was happening because I was hanging out with people in the bathroom and I came out and two people had died and gone home (laughs) but anyway so like that it's like that group of people that we had that night like yes I would rather be sad with them and like be a complete mess with them than be doing anything else because it was all people and at that time exactly completely yeah it was a good time for our for that friend group that we had and like Emily and Andrew and everybody like it was good it was good good um but also to me there's also kind of like a little dark part of the song where I feel like it's kind of toxic um where it's like and that's also I think why I kind of love it because I'm the same way to myself where it's like it's I think it's really true where it's like okay I have this big moment I need to change who I am I don't really you know I need to figure myself out blah 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 but it's like putting someone else's emotions in front of yours which is entirely me 
but also that's why I kind of love this one because I'm like me I'm like literally me like, that makes sense to me mm-hmm. I see why the lyrics connect to you yeah I think it's just a good music life um reckless love Reckless love. Mm, this is a skip song for me. Oh, I'll be honest. Really? Like I have come to appreciate it. Mm. Okay, I'll be honest. The next two songs, Reckless Love and Take Me Away, mm, they're skip songs for me. Like uh, they have always been skip songs for me. As I grow, as I've grown older, I've come mm. to appreciate them for a lot of reasons that I will get into. But yeah, Reckless Love is a skip song. For me not saying that it isn't important in the story of this album because I really think yes. it is it's so important to the story it's so important to the story because I really think to me it's like reflecting on the perception of like yourself and like what you were doing mm-hmm. and like you're in a toxic relationship with yourself that's what it is to me I might be wrong hmm see I just connect it to the many of, to, to me going into a relationship very recklessly. Um, yeah. Completely, completely, very brave, but full on just risking my, risking basically all of my friends' friendships with each other mm-hmm. because starting to like see Sam and date Sam. Okay. Like, I was like, I was like, what? who is this? I was like, who are we talking about? Um, definitely like starting to date someone yeah, in my friend group where everyone's very close to each other, there's a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of things there. And me just like being, you know, not very long out of another relationship and just being like, F it, like, <laughs> let's do this. So fucking, like, it could have gone so poorly. And like, I connected that part of myself that was like yeah I'm gonna do this and I'm just gonna trust myself and I'm just gonna jump into it and who cares about the consequences and still a very young naive thing to do but it worked the line that I have written down for this I'm pretty sure it's the line is bridge build up well oh sorry it's the bridge I said bridge build what the hell does that mean bridge build up is amazing if you don't let me go if you don't let go, you're going to break me. And it's like, repeat it. If you let go, you're going to break me. Um, I just I just love these bridges. I think, like, if I were to pick a favorite part of the song, it's the bridge. I think the bridge is so good. Just, like, musically and I think lyrically, I think it's really cool. But I also think it's, like, like a lot of things. Like, mm-hmm. I view this song as, like, him talking to himself. It's, like, I think letting go of, like, those negative right perceptions of yourself which can be so negative at times and I think that especially with this whole album and talking about how Jack has had so much again him personally just so much loss in his life and I think that led to probably a lot of like negative feelings himself it's like if you don't let go of like like again acknowledging the past but I think you need to like but letting it go to a point because if you don't let go of like all this shit, it's gonna break you. And I feel like you can relate to that. I can relate to that. Where it's like our past obviously defines us to a degree. It made us who we are today. But you need to let go of it, or it's gonna fucking kill you. And just like keep building and building and building on you. Yeah, you need to see it how it is. You need to let go of like whatever 
stranglehold it has over your life and like be okay with what it was. And that's hard. It's a lot easier said than done. Oh, uh, yeah, completely. A lot of these things we're saying are fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most yeah. things are easier. Exactly. We've got a lot of wisdom when we're on a podcast talking about our life. Here's the thing about taking the camera. It's really ironic now because I love Grimes. And I think she's amazing. I thought you said I love Grimes. <laughs> I'm like, I love, I love Grimes. You love Grimes. No. Anyway, you love Grimes now. Not a huge fan of Grimes. But I really did not like the song at first. Also, I really didn't understand it. Um, like, I understand it now. And again, because again, like this and the reprise... Are just, this song specifically is like very musically different than the yeah. rest of this whole album, which is probably another reason why I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Ever. It makes sense though. Like this, it makes sense for it to be completely different. And this one hurts. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like one of those things where it's like you're having an argument, a conversation with someone. Yep. And they really have hurt you, done awful things to you, this, that, the other thing. And they're saying they're sorry. And it's like, okay, I know you're sorry. But like you're not recognizing I think what you've done to me mm-hmm. and like the impact it's having or had on me and, like, you, you pushed me sorry. further than I've ever been yeah exactly yes so for me it brings me so deep in that moment when you realize your relationship is over and yeah. it's not anyone's fault but it's done yeah. and for me this was Again, 2019, what is so significant about that year? But New Year's Eve on 2019, I had, yeah, yeah. Like literally I'm telling you 12.30 a.m. on January 1st, 2019 is when this song, it's never been more relevant in my life, even though I didn't know yet. But just fought in the car with someone for two hours straight and realized just like the moment of realization where it's like we're not fighting about something that we can fix like as core people this does not work and this song is what brings me deep into the pain of that moment and being like okay this is over completely and kind of the standout lyrics for me for this are Better off before you alone. I'm waiting to find out. Love will wake us. Love won't break us. Love will take you. And if I can find, find a way out of myself again. That one right there. Find a way out of myself again. Because I feel like, and I've been in this situation where it's like, I'm with someone, whatever. And I feel like I'm like, what am I when I'm with this person? Yeah. Like, who am I? That's the feeling I had New Year's Eve 2019 exactly that who am I and I need to find my way out and refocus on myself yeah like now I can look at the song and really appreciate it because again been there mm-hmm. have some of these experiences now when I first heard at 15 I wouldn't have felt this at 15 I didn't feel this until recently when I was re-listening to it and I was like oh I did not realize how much this song hurts and it's that repetition it's the repetition yeah. of the chorus where it's just like I know you're sorry I know you're sorry and that's just all it is and it's just like Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, don't skip it next time. You gotta I'm feel all, it. And I don't now. And okay. I don't now skip. I feel like you gotta feel that to really appreciate the next few songs, especially the next song. 
So this good. another song sad that I can fucking dance to. Uh, this might be my favorite one on the album, honestly. Like a River Runs. This was also my favorite song in 15. Mm. So when I saw Bleachers the first time, I think it was March 20, March 2015. Um, I have this, this such this is in memory because it meant so much to me. Um, me and Nicole were going after school because it was like literally a school day <laughs> where her dad was, or no, I think she was going, she was going with her dad and then I had rehearsal for a production of Beauty and the Beast and my, I was leaving early and my mother, God bless my mother, drove me in New York City. Love that woman. That day, that night to bring me to Terminal 5, my favorite venue in New York City, to go in and meet Nicole and her dad, Joe. And, but when she gave me the tickets at school and then my mother drove home also, just, ugh. She's such a great woman. My mom's iconic when she's on the pod. She is. You'll know. I can't wait to listen to that. (laughs) But when Nicole gave me the tickets in that day, that day of school, she wrote like a river runs on the envelope that she gave them to me. Because it was just, she just knew it was my favorite song. I love this song so much. I love this song so much. It's so good at helping you like accept that you can't replace what is gone and that that's okay. And I feel like I came back to like coming back to this album for this purpose gave me such a different reason for this because I was thinking about the grief of losing the end of my college experience to COVID and just like the absolute pain of like a virtual graduation and like sitting by myself on my couch and being like, this is the worst. And the grief of everything that like you know could have been of like 2020 I guess and like moving to this new place and being virtual for my first year in my internship and in school just like there's so much grief to that and I think this lets you accept that it wasn't great and also that that's okay and that yes Mm -hmm. you'll never replace what you lost but that's okay you'll remember the light you'll carry the good things exactly. with you you know there's a lot of beauty in that and this is I think I think this is probably one of my still my favorite songs off the album I never understood why I liked it this is a really sad song and I think looking back now when I was 15 16 I was mourning like a lot of things I did not understand I was mourning yep. I think around that time my brother like had this insane car accident like where he almost died like I didn't really have like a really good relationship with him and I was like okay like my sister I really started again building a relationship with her so I feel like around these times I was building those relationships and I was like well I could have had these like things like earlier I think I was mourning that and I think I started seeing kind of like like the effects of like people passing like on my mom for example like my mom has lost a lot of people in her life and a lot of people at a young age and like that's something you see in someone every single day and that she carries with her every single day and it's like I started feeling like that because it's like well I never knew my dad's my mom's dad and I really kind of like was mourning that because I never I don't know I just never really realized yeah like I never really realized like that's a relationship I really want is like with like a grandfather and like I never really had a good relationship with my dad's mom so it's like and I, I just like was missing that like older relation like that relationship yeah. that like a grandparent should have with a grandchild 
And I felt like I just like was mourning those things at that time. And I think that was set off by my grand, my godfather's dad died. We called him Grandpa Leo. But I felt like that was like really one of the only like that. And then Grandpa Jim, who passed in this year earlier, last year, I mean, 2021. Like those were like the only real relationships I had with like a, like an older parental figure. Can you remind me of what age this was when you were grieving this? I was probably 15. Yeah. I was like from my sophomore year of high school. So it was right. 15, 16. I'm pretty sure it was the, sp- I'm pretty sure he died, Grandpa Leo. I'm pretty sure he died the spring of 2015. Yeah. Because I remember going to the funeral. I think when you're that age, also the, the role of a grandparent is so important because you're in that weird space where you're kind of spiteful of your parents and you're mad at them for a million reasons. And especially mm-hmm. when bad stuff happens in your family and your family doesn't feel like a safe place. Yeah. Having your grandparents for me was, was everything when I went through periods like that, where my life, where my family didn't feel like safe and secure and grounded having my Mimi and Papa was like was everything and so I can see grieving that at a time when like your life was in such flux yeah because it's like again like the stuff I've talked about it's like well I didn't really have a good like secure group of like people I could lean on yeah and then like my brother's situation like before the car accident we knew it wasn't the best like, yeah. I didn't really have a relationship with my sister at the time and then when Grandpa Leo died it was like oh like this was a person again like who I was very close to when I was younger but then like I then obviously when you grow up you kind of like in you know when you're in early age of adolescence you may not have that relationship with them anymore and like it was just like so many emotions I feel like I was just grieving so much that I'd never understood until obviously now looking back and I feel like that's why I loved this song and that's why this yeah. is my favorite song is because I was feeling all these things but didn't know how to like put into words Mm. yeah that makes a lot of sense that type of grief especially yeah. at that age that's a hard age to experience that type of loss because like when my dad's dad died I was like too young I was like yeah but it's like that was like a grounding person for you clearly that like yeah. you appreciated the foundation that that relationship gave at some level um stand these are the standout lyrics for me and I feel like I relate to this the most. Tonight I sit over at the parkway, the summer's gone and I'm alone. I get the feeling that you're somewhere close and I will remember your light. I think a lot about this. Again, I think a lot about this about like dead figures who like I looked up to. It's just like, I always feel like, obviously I never knew my mom's dad, but I feel like I'm like so close with him. Yep. I feel that, and especially it's interesting you say about someone you didn't really know, but you still feel like you carry them with you. Mm-hmm. and I think for me that's my two great-grandmothers and I have pictures of them up on my wall like one on my wall and one on my dresser of each of my great-grandmothers and one of them I knew and she was a significant loving person in my early yeah. life but the other one I never got to meet but she basically raised my mom and I feel like yeah. I carry so much of her in me even having never have met her because of the way that she shaped who my mom is and because of the way that she helped my mom when she didn't have anybody, she basically created me and gave me the opportunity to have a life. So I, again, I, I carry her with me every day. I want to be grateful for the experiences that I've had 
be grateful for the experiences. I want to be grateful for the And then the song goes into my ultimate hometown song. You're still a mystery. Oh my God. Starts off with the repeat of, I want to be grateful for the experiences I've had. But this time it's Jack saying it. So I think like in terms of like the story of the album, Jack's like realizing now. It's like, okay, look at my past. I have to be grateful for this. Like I have to like understand. And it's like, this is my life. I feel like it's that point where it's like his, he's like trying to figure out his life. Now his love life is involved. And he's like, okay, I need to figure this out. Because like this person is in love with me for some reason. God knows why. The mystery why they're in love with me. But I got to figure out. And they're in love with me with all my shit, all my vulnerable stuff, mm-hmm. all my broken sides. Like I got to figure out kind of like where to connect the dots. That's what the song is to me, at least. Yeah. And I think when it says, if what I lost ain't ever coming back, then I can find a way to move inside of your mystery. I have that line too. Yeah. Again, maybe, maybe I don't need to understand. Like you can hold all of that, like confusion and weirdness and the joy and the grief and the change, all of that inside you, you don't necessarily have to understand it and that's okay. And you will be okay with that someday, even if you're not okay right now. I think that's also like kind of how I felt like at 15 when I was like, you know, had these people like around who I felt like I finally was having like these genuine connections with. It's like, yeah, are you into me? Like, why did you like me? It's like, it's a mystery to me, but like, I'll go along with it. <laughs> it's fun, but. And like the next lyrics that really stand out to me, what's like, want to give you something better than I've been. I want to write your name up on my wall, wake you up in the dead of the night, dead of the night, breaking the lines, just trying to get better. To me, it's like, okay, we've been listening to set through this album. He's Jack, Jack telling you how fucked in the head he is, how many awful, ex- like, oh, just like how broken like kind of he is in his passes like that's kind of what the album is telling you and he but he's like I'm trying to understand it because I like I want to get better for you he's like I don't yes. know why it's a mystery but it's happening exactly especially the verse where it talks about how you I thought I wanted to forget my past try to leave the pieces of a broken man Completely. I feel that so much in my current relationship and like the way that it has helped me to come to terms with past traumas and just Mm -hmm. realizing that I don't have to leave those pieces and forget about those experiences that I had but I can like that part of my brokenness is okay and he loves that part of me that's broken in that way and I think people will love that part of you that's broken and you don't have to fix it or forget it or drop it Mm-hmm. and that's what this reminds me of and that's why this is such like a beautiful love song for me but we'll come back to yeah. love songs later i'd love this is like this is another song crack the windows down i'm singing it oh, yeah also i mean it says strange desire yeah i followed a dream to strange desire <laughs> which i think is like the epitome of like who i am as a person i'm like i don't know what the hell i'm doing i'm following a dream and this and a strange desire I think that's the epitome of like who I am as a person. That's also like the coming of age part of it too, though. It's like, you're just like flying by the seat of your pants and just deciding on something and going for it with all of your might. And I think we're both like like that. Oh, 100%. Which, yeah, I think that's why, that's part of why we both connect to the song is we're both kind of those types of people that just decide on something and just throw 1000% into it. 
Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing I've seen in this life as long as I've known Jess, where she doesn't put like literally everything that she is into something, mm-hmm. and it could be the smallest thing in the world. But I really do to a fault, good it. and bad. But I put one thousand percent of everything that I am into everything I do. Completely, and you do too. I do too. It's And then I think we get to after this song. I think two of two really sad songs I've been. I think two of the like obviously, you know, I wanna get better. Uh like River Runs has like very sad lyrics. So I'm ready to move on. The wild heart reprise. Yoko Ono out of nowhere. Like I do not know. <laughs> no, I should probably do that. research of like why she's on this. Yeah. Like, I don't Jack know. knows everyone. He mm-hmm. knows everyone. And she's saying one of the things she says is cracks on its surface made it clear that there's warm water bubbling up from within which is that's literally all i wrote for this song um, in my notes is that line but it's not the end like those cracks aren't the end of the world like you will survive it's like there's you're finding that readiness to move on and be okay with the loss so i think while it is sad it's still it has more hope because it's bringing it full circle for it's this it's starting to bring it full circle for the whole album, yeah. but it's also just giving you that, like you have something in you that can move on. Yeah. Um, and then we get to, again, the Wild Harvard Prize, where it's again saying, you know, they closed the parkway late last night. Mm-hmm. I sat with the echoes of the lies that I told. I felt young, never changed by cricket hearts. So put the shotgun back in the glove. And again, I think it's like that realization of it's like, like, I feel like when we started at just Wild Heart, very lost. And now I feel like we're coming to some consensus of, like, where yeah. we stand. Fall- followed with, you know, Yoko Ono saying, snow is falling all the time. Snow is-, yeah. snow is falling all the time. Snow is smiling all the time. I'm ready. I'm ready. Some transformation has happened. Which, every song gives me goosebumps, I'll be honest. But this song <laughs> really gives me goosebumps. This is a good, I feel like of all the songs on the album, this is the goosebumps one. But Yoko Ono being on it, definitely, like, her part just creates a new, brings us to a new level. Completely. I'm tired and then we end with, I think, I would say, personally, to me, this is the saddest song off the album. Mm. Who I want you to love. Um, I feel like I see a lot of myself in this song. You know, I'm tired of replacing my dreams, always twisting, always screams, to follow down the strangest roads and back seats indoors. And I think that's just the first one. But um, I think what really stands out to me and where I relate the most is, you know, and I'll love what you want me to love and I'll bleed. I will bleed when you want me to bleed, but I don't know much of anything because it hurts me all. I think it's like at that point of being so broken, like as a person, that like you are putting your like full self and like you're putting your full trust of, like who you are and your actions into another and it's being like I will do whatever you want me to to do mm-hmm. because I everything I do hurts no matter what I think I remember the times where I felt that way in relationships and with people and I think for me this song has a little bit more hope because it comes after and with the like and I really want to be grateful for the experiences that I've had 
because I think that's such a big part of it of like because I don't believe in regretting anything of all the stuff that I've been through just like being very grateful for every experience I had in college regardless of how it ended every relationship regardless of how it ended and I wouldn't change a thing and I'm really happy for what I've become so I think this song gives you space to be sad about that but also be like okay yeah but like and I want to be grateful for the experiences that I've had completely 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 and I think it's such a perfect ending to this album starting where you began again with that yes, I really want to be grateful and I want to be grateful for the experiences that I've had but it's like you're comp- at least I am completely feeling different about those those lines now and that like voicemail or that voicemail because you've had time to grieve it because you've had time to go through that whole process this is perhaps man it's not my favorite song there's too many favorites i have too many favorite songs yeah this is perhaps one of my favorite songs (laughs) it's a good one it's a really good one and that's where the story ends of strange desire Mm -hmm. so to you like what is this and we've we've really just talked about but like what does the story of this album like tell you it it just tells me a coming of age story and i think it has significance for me because I, we came of age together in a lot of ways. And I feel like I came of age, you watched me come of age, I watched you come of age. And there Mm -hmm. was a lot of shifts that we went through together. And I think also now you can see it in who we are in the work we do. Cause I think even as like professionals, our roles are very different, but like the soul of the Mm -hmm. work and why we do the work is very similar. And I don't know. It's just, there, there's obviously there's a huge connection that I have to you in this album, but it's also the type of love that I experienced at that time of my life when you and I were like yeah. seeing each other every day. And it's like a type of love that you share at a very specific naive point. And like, that's like something you'll always be able to reminisce on is those feelings and that chaos and the childhood and the youth and everything together. But that's what a story tells me. What story does it tell you? I think it's like a story of like being okay with like your vulnerability or at least like that's yes. what it does mean to me. And I feel like I'm constantly doing that, mm-hmm. of like being okay with that. It's like, obviously I was okay with the vulnerabilities. I had to become the vul- okay with the vulnerabilities I had at 15, 16. And then when I started kind of sharing the, this song with like you specifically, like when I shared this album with you, I think, oh, like this is like the real, like, kind of like the floodgates opened. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of like opened that door to me where it's like, I'm okay with people who didn't particularly, particularly know me maybe at like a two, three years ago, mm-hmm. like knowing what I was like that time yeah. and knowing about the things I was uncomfortable with of myself and knowing like these deeper, you know, dark-seated things about myself that I'm not too proud to share or you know kind of like like we said like the bad things that like make you who you are like make you act a certain way Mm. it's like that's what this album is to me and it's like then finding someone you completely trust and then boom it's like it's like okay I want to improve myself because you trust me you're seeing like all this nonsense in the background but you still believe in me yeah so you're like in like it's like it's like you're still mystery it's like like your love to me and the reason why we're friends mystery yes complete mystery to me but that love that like this like like it's that it's like finding someone who has that unconditional love for you Mm -hmm. like 
I'm going to get better because you accept me like this. I feel like I live this album over and over again whenever I have those experiences with with people. So that's the story tells me. Yeah. And like the growth that you can do between like in that transition from the painful experiences to the people who, who love you unconditionally Mm -hmm. and like that growth in that change and like being able to see the pain because of the unconditional love that you're now, like there's a lot there. Okay. My last two questions. I want to give you three questions and I need three songs. So I want a song to fall in love with, fall in love too. I mean, like the soundtrack of falling in love soundtrack of getting your heart broken and then just like the defining song of this album for you okay um falling in love to you're still a mystery I think we all understand why okay okay heartbreak I'm giving you two stages first stage is take me away when your heart breaks and then your second stage is like a river runs because you're not replacing it but you're reminiscing on that and you're carrying it forward and defining song obviously I want to get better because it's the biggest shift. Like I'm a big fan of those shifts, that moments in your life when you hit your bottom and you make a change and like, that's it. You're making me rethink my Oh, picks. well, tell me yours. Mine are completely like who I am. Completely true to myself. Fall in love to wake me. Okay. I mean, that was, that would have been my second choice. Absolutely. It's a great this. falling in love You song, have to. It's a little toxic. Just a little, but that's okay. Like it's very true to who I am. Get your heartbroken too. I think it's who I want you to love. Again, it's mm-hmm. like really sad. And then it's that kind of, it's kind of like two stages in one, if you think about yeah. it. Love that song. And then the defining song to me is You're Still a Mystery. And I think mm-hmm. this has to do with one, my, it's like I refer to it as my tattoo song. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like I just relate to it the most. And I feel like it's that true. Like I do think I want to get better as the turning point. But You're Still a Mystery, it's like, it's that part of like, my life and my love life like coming together I need to figure my mm. shit out which I think is I think a defining point of this album great choices thank you what do you take from this album and what brings you back to it I take being okay with change and I come back to it with every big transition and change because I think this album brings you back into that space of grieving loss that comes with change but with joy and being excited about the joy and the love that you experience so every big transition that brings both grief and love is when I come back to this album yeah I agree I think what I take away from this it's like it's like you said it's like that coming of age it's that growth it's that like naive and then they like real and you like kind of grow up a little bit and you're like oh that's what that actually was it's like it's a frontal lobe development yeah it's, it's my brain is just <laughs> developing like that is what I do take from this album yeah. but like that means that means everything to me mm-hmm. and what brings me back is what brings me back one I think it's just great like musically I think it's a really good album yeah it is like just talking like like objectively it's really good music I love the lyrics and it is like when I when I bring back it's like whenever I like meet someone and I feel like I'm sharing like vulnerability, like like this is me. Like this is vulnerability. Like this is my heart and my sleeve. Literally, yeah. I have the, the name of the tattoo on my arm. Strange desire. It is literally my heart on my sleeve. Like mm-hmm. that is what brings me back to this album. It's just like letting someone in and being like, "Oh, you love me because you love me no matter what. 
Mm-hmm. You love me on my small, you love me my shadow. Despite of, because, through, everything. Everything. Okay. It's like, okay, so let's keep doing this. So like, you're going to make me a better person and I'm going to make you a better person. And that's why it reminds me of you and our relationship and like that time in my life. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> she, I'm not crying. I'm, I was itching. Oh, she's faking it. <laughs> I was like, I'm faking it for the camera. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it reminds me of you in that stage in my life. And that's why this is so significant to me because you just dropped it on me at the perfect time when I was really, really ready did. for it. And when our relationship was ready for it and Completely. amazing move on your part, truly. You know, I'm always playing the long game here. Of course. Um, She's scheming. Jess, um, this album means a lot to me. You mean everything to me. My closest confidant. And it was almost all my secrets there's something <laughs> to keep from you and well we have we have time to to review the rest of them off off camera um offline but thank you and i appreciate you being my first guest i guess you being my first guest you being my first <laughs> guest and do you have anything to say to people do you have do you want to promote anything do you have anything going on you want to promote <laughs> to my um, my current 15 followers on instagram yeah i'll promote hire me i guess if you have a good you know, good job coming up. She's graduating in May. She needs a job. Um, but thank you. In all seriousness, thank you. I am honored to be your first guest. I am honored to be discussing this really vulnerable and beautiful album with you. And I love being in your life. Thanks, Jess. I hope you enjoyed that first episode of My Records and Me. The first, the first episode. Next week, um, my mother... Christine, she will be on the pod as we talk about the Born to Run album by Bruce Springsteen. Here's a little sneak peek. And, but I think there's such a beauty about it and like thinking you know everything in the world and thinking you know exactly what to do and exactly what is right and what is wrong that makes this song really beautiful. And it's like this plead to Mary of like, we can do, like, like we were saying, it's right. like, we can do this, we can get out, like, right. but you just have to trust in me. Right. And he's like, telling her you know please take a chance on me i have he knows what the opportunity is mm-hmm. and he's picked her yeah. he wants her to be with him mm-hmm. and just take my hand let's yeah. do it and how she's hesitant mm-hmm. you know and he's just he's he's not begging but it's a plea but it is a plea yeah. and he wants her to be part of whatever this next thing is going to be with him yeah he wants her to be part of that future and part of that ride. Well, I hope to see you next week, next Friday, as we delve deeper into Born to Run. Make sure you follow and rate um, on whatever platform you're listening to, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at My Records with Me. See you next week. Bye.
and but I think there's such mm -hmm. a beauty.